At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know, Scott, it's funny because I first started doing this show with Matt Humans. I think it was like September 3rd or whatever that Saturday was, that first Saturday of September. We did a big NFL preview show. And over the first two shows, I had people commenting who were watching, friends of mine, who would watch a little bit here and there. They, they would tell me after the show, man, why are you always rolling your eyes whenever <laughs> Matt talks? And, you know, I could tell the truth or I could just say because there's TVs all over the place. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but there are. I mean, we got every game you can imagine on in front of us. And so if you see us rolling our eyes, it's usually because we're checking out the World Series. We're checking out a little UFC action, maybe some soccer, some college football. Uh, but yeah, it, it tends to guide you, you get mesmerized by what's going on in front of you here, which it's a great studio, probably the nicest studio I've worked in because you're also awesome. overlooking the sports book at the circuit. I tell people, man, you come to town and I had a buddy of mine, Scott, I hadn't seen since we were like juniors in high school who showed up about a month ago, right outside the visa doors here at circa and got to uh, talk to him a little bit and stayed here at the circuit and just nothing but great things here. And I love coming down here on a Sunday afternoon and just kind of hanging out, watching the crowd, cheering for their bets, cheering for their teams. But uh, great place, no doubt about it. We are Sunday Bet Prep. Matt Humans, as you can tell, is off tonight. He's in Southern California, partying it up. Uh, Scott Kellen, professional better, joins me for the rest of the show. And two more hours to go, and we got a whole lot of football to talk about. We're also going to speak to a couple of more handicappers and betters on this show. We've got, of course, uh, Will Hill, uh, who's a regular on this show, be coming up with, uh, going to join us, I should say, in about 15 minutes. And then, of course, Paul Bovey, an interesting perspective. I think he's been on v a couple of times yep. and uh, does a lot of prop betting 
when it comes to the NFL. So that'll be an interesting take. And then, of course, Scott and I will both have our best bets and tell you what our contest plays are for this week. Let's talk a little Sunday night, Monday night football, Scott. It's the Packers uh, at the Bills on Sunday night. And this line was as high as 11 and a half earlier this week, Green Bay yeah. getting the points. And, you know, I've seen it down to as low as 10, 10 and a half. A lot of 11 still out there. So people can shop around for whatever number fits their bet, whether they're laying or taking. Uh, if you do it the right way and you play on lines and on point spreads rather than teams, it's tough to not back the Green Bay Packers this yep. week. And I have to admit I did in a contest play uh, myself and my partner, Al McBorty. And as everybody knows by now, Aaron Rodgers is receiving more points than he ever has before in his NFL career. He's never been a, dub, a double-digit underdog, Scott. And the Pack have not looked too hot the last few weeks, to say the least. But Buffalo, are they overvalued to you in this matchup, or do you side with the Bills in this game? No, they're overvalued. I have played Green Bay, and this is one of those games, Scott. You take it, they, they could just get blown out. You look like an idiot because everyone could see it coming, right? Sure. Uh, you know, or, or maybe they cover, obviously, and... Uh, you know, to your point, Rogers never been a double-digit dog. You look back now on the Bills; they're seven-two and two against the spread as a home favorite of seven or more since 2019. Kind of coincides with Josh Allen. Right. Uh, they've won ten of those eleven games by ten points or more. They've allowed fifteen or less in eight of those eleven games. Uh, they played two games at home this year, and they've won those forty-one to seven and thirty-eight to three. Right? <laughs> Why do you want any part of Green Bay, right? And yep. yet, you and I are both on them in some way, shape, or form. I got to ask you because you would think if you do like Green Bay, and again, you like the points, yep. uh, but also does it kind of correlate with the potential under? And I, I say that because, of course, with Buffalo, they've got the great offense, but their defense is number one in points per game allowed, rushing yards allowed, total yards allowed. Uh, we know that Rodgers and his receivers have not been on the same page over the course of this season. I, I was asked before the uh, season began, you know, who was going to miss who more, Devontae Adams miss Aaron Rodgers or the other way around? And you can make an argument for Devontae missing Aaron Rodgers, but you can really make an argument, obviously, for Aaron Rodgers uh, just not having his mojo with his receivers quite yet. But yeah. I, I kind of thought maybe, Scott, and I was going to pick your brains on this one about an underplay. Because if Green yeah. Bay is going to win this game, it's got to be a lot of short passing and a lot of ability to run the football. It doesn't have to be five yards per pop, right. but like 3.6, 3.7 yards per carry at the right time. And if they can do that, then it probably means we're going to see a lower scoring game than the odds have been set. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that, Scott, because I've been looking at this, and, you know, I made the number 47-48, so no value from that perspective, okay. right? But I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. Like, I, I think it's in, unless Buffalo just completely blows them out or we wake up tomorrow night and Green Bay is just a completely different offense, mm -hmm. which is not going to happen, right? Uh, it's probably going to be low scoring. And to your point, Rodgers is fourth worst in the league and in, in, intended air yards per pass. I think it's right. like 6.6. .6. So it's all dink and dunk. Um, and it's going to be tough for them to run the ball too because Buffalo doesn't really allow teams to run on them. The, the path here for Green Bay in my mind to cover is A, don't turn the ball over. Easier said than done. But, you know, Rodgers doesn't turn it over a lot. He's got three interceptions. Sure. He's lost three uh, fumbles this year. He's, he's fumbled six times, lost three of them. So that's happening a little bit more. But don't turn the ball over. Uh, from a Buffalo perspective, when uh, they have forced two or less turnovers, they've lost by two, they won by three, they won by 35 against Pittsburgh, and they won by four against Kansas City. Now, some of those teams obviously better than Green Bay. But, uh, in, in, you know, the Packers, when they're getting to the red zone, they've actually been decent in the red zone. They just can't get to the red right. zone. And they've been decent defending the red zone as well. Um, so, you know, if, if they don't turn the ball over, 
they can somehow get in the red zone, yeah, they they could they could possibly stay in this game and and cover this number. But um, you know, just everything we've seen uh, over the last few weeks uh, just makes it hard to believe that they're going to be able to score a lot of points and. You kind of feel like Buffalo is going to get 30 points in this game. That's just kind of what they do. So, well, let's... you know, I will say this though: the Packers' defense is not bad. Now, you, right. and you got to remember, they've been laying a bunch of points here the last couple of weeks. They were up 14-3 last week. They haven't looked good, but now they're grabbing a whole bunch of points, and they could be down by 17 and get a touchdown at the end, lose by 10, you get the cover as well. So, um, you know, if they don't get blown out, which could happen, they 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 have a reasonable chance to possibly. Come in under the number. Yeah, you sound like you were listening in and joining in, I should say, on on uh, my conversation with Big Al McBorty on Wednesday night because we were talking about what we were going to do for the contest here and over at Westgate, Circuit Westgate. And, you know, one of the things I mentioned is you do have a Green Bay defense. As you said, that's not bad. They're top 10 in DVOA against the pass, and they're number one in yards passing allowed per yeah. game. And so if they can continue to play the way they have, harass Josh Allen a little bit, uh, Keep that mirror on him from a middle linebacker so he can't, you know, take off on you yep. and get, you know, turn a five-yard carry into a 17, 18-yard carry on a third down and seven and things of that nature and get some pressure on him. Uh, then they can potentially run the football, hit some screens here and there and and uh, take what the Buffalo defense will give them because, as you mentioned, Buffalo's defense is pretty good also. Uh, I, I We did use this in the contest. I did use it as a personal play. It's not a big play. Uh, but what I was saying that, you know, it sounds like you were part of that conversation the other night. Yeah. We're like, Man, this could be a Green Bay cover, but this could also be 38 to 14 by the time it's said and done. But I do believe it's a spot where, you know, and I like to do that with teams. If I see a team that is, you know, never favored, but they start 4-0, and and I'm talking college football yep. more than the NFL, they start 4-0, they start 5-0, and uh, they're never a big favorite, maybe laying a point or two, and they're also an underdog. They get a couple of big wins. Next thing you know, they're laying eight. They're laying seven and a half. And you want to jump against that team because yeah. they're not used to being in that role. And it's the flip side here for Green Bay yep. because they're never getting a bunch of points. And now they're getting, and, you know, the most Aaron Rodgers has ever seen. And they're kind of built on, and now they're not playing well, right? But but they're kind of built for this team. They are built with uh, a lot of pretty good secondary players sure. to, to defend Buffalo's pass rush. They don't defend the run real well, but Buffalo doesn't want to really run the ball a lot. So right. they're built to challenge Buffalo. It's just, can they execute and actually challenge them? You know, we're going to find out. Well, go Green Bay. And if you have to yeah. get that backdoor cover, I will take it. <laughs> Monday night football, Bengals and Browns. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals laying three for the most part. It was three and a half in just about every shop just a few days ago. The total sitting right around 45 and a half. Uh, as you heard earlier, no Jamar Chase. That announcement came, I believe it was, on Friday morning. He's going to be out for at least four to six weeks, which is a shame, man. When I... When I look at these teams in the NFL and I want to see playoff action, I want to see the best players yeah. from all these teams. I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt going into the postseason. It's going to be interesting to see how long he is out. Uh, but the Bengals have covered 12 of the last 15 meetings between these teams. They've covered seven of the last eight in Cleveland. They're playing the trenches, sometimes a little shaky. And if you're shaky against this defensive pass rush, you could be in a little bit of trouble. Are you on either side of this game? I'm not in anything right now. I kind of lean Cincinnati here. Um, you know, as Big Al was kind of talking, it kind of feels like a home underdog type game. Sure. But, you know, this game to me is really, um, uh, Cleveland has not defended the pass well. Um, and that obviously plays into Cincinnati's hands. T. Higgins is actually from a yards per route run, uh, has actually been their best receiver right. this year. So uh, you, you never want to lose Chase, of course. They'll be without Eli Apple as well. Uh, Denzel Ward not having a great year. He's out for Cleveland. So, um, you know, this from, from a uh, Cincinnati standpoint, they're they're able to attack Cleveland where Cleveland's weak. But I think the same thing for Cleveland. You know, mm -hmm. it, Cincinnati has been beaten down on the on that defensive line with injuries. 
And that's a perfect place for Cleveland to attack uh, Cincinnati as well. So it's really just a matter of which one of these teams can, can, you know, attack the other team and succeed a little bit more. And, you know, that, that's where we're going to find out. The issue that I always have when I bet against teams that suffer a key injury is I don't always like that. It pulls other players together. They pick up the slack, at least for that first game, if not for a couple of games. And, you know, I'm looking at this game. I set my numbers for upcoming games two weeks in advance. Yep. And this number was actually a little bit higher than what I made it on my advanced numbers. And I played Cleveland earlier this week. Uh, but I'd rather see Jamar Chase out there because all these numbers that I got that I put into my system and my stuff uh, is done with Jamar Chase right. on the field. Right. And I felt comfortable going against Cincinnati with who they were going to bring on the field if Chase doesn't get hurt. So that always gives me a little pause for concern when that happens because the way yeah. I handicap games are the stars are going to be out there. The guys who are starters are normally going to be out there. That's where I derive my numbers from. So it does get a little bit of a kind of a bummer when you see that also from a betting perspective. And I know that sounds a little counterintuitive. You're like, well, if you like Cleveland, you got like the fact that you know, Chase can't play. It's actually the other way around. Yeah. I want to see the regulars out there because that's where I build my numbers on throughout the course of the season. But uh, listen, since he has some run defense issues, Cleveland can pound away if they get that opportunity. I mentioned they've got some issues in the trenches on offense too. And of course, you've got guys like Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney getting healthier by the week, it seems. And they can put some pressure for me, hopefully, on Joe Burrow. Well, and I think that's what will be interesting. Cincinnati has done a good job uh, protecting Joe Burrow the last three or four weeks. Those first two weeks, he got right. beat up Dallas and Pittsburgh uh, with T.J. Watt. And now he's going to face Cleveland, and who hasn't been great putting pressure, but they've got their two horses back more than likely in this game. And let's see how they can protect uh, against those guys. That's Scott Kellen. I'm Scott Spritzer. This is Sunday Bet Prep. We'll be back in just a bit with Will Hill. We'll talk to you in just a couple of minutes. Stick around. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to Sunday Bet Prep. Get in on football action this season with the Hulu Plus live TV football extravaganza. Compete free for a share of $55,000 in two ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools. Then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play free. That's Hulu Plus live TV like cable only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. DK Hulu. He's Scott Kellett. I'm Scott Spritzer. As you can tell, Matt Humans is not with us tonight. We've, you know, we're, we're going to welcome him back next week. I love just playing the two. I love being able to analyze what he says, uh, but he's not here this week. So I feel like I'm going back to the old Stardust days when I used to co-host the Stardust line. And that was about as informal as it gets. Uh, I, there was one producer. He also happened to be the engineer, Scott. And the funny thing back then is it would be like, you know, we're talking like 1991 through 96. So it'd be sitting in the Stardust sports book in front of a crowd and it would be packed, you know, probably held 150 people in there or whatever. And you'd be getting ready to talk about a game and maybe you're kind of up against the clock to go to a break and I'd get slugged by the engineer <laughs> who ended up being a good friend of mine named Gene Harvey. He's got to be in his 80s by now. God bless him. Uh, but yeah, you would actually get tapped a little bit hard on your right shoulder as he sat to my right telling me you're supposed to go to a break, idiot. And uh, that's how we did things back then. A little bit different now, a little bit better when it comes to the technology. And somebody I couldn't talk to that back then, but we talk to every week now, is one of my favorites on the show each and every week. And it is none other than Will Hill, who you can follow at. Not the Will Hill. Will, welcome to the show. It's not been the uh, the greatest spectacle of college football games this Saturday <laughs> as far as from an entertainment perspective, but I hope your card's going well for you. Guys, appreciate you having me on. Uh, Scott and Scott, if you need somebody to slug you, I guess I could step in and uh, throw a haymaker for you. <laughs> he looks I'll like he it. might hurt us, though. Yeah, so I don't know, not, but he's you know, a younger guy and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to mess with anybody who's, you know, that much younger than me. But, hey, Will Hill, good to have you back, man. And, and uh, we got a few games that we want to talk about, and I want to jump right into them. And one of those is the Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. And listen, the Panthers took advantage of an out-of-sync Tampa Bay and out of whatever else you want to call a Tampa Bay team last week. Uh, that team's certainly not on the same page with each other. Tom Brady struggling uh, just to get his receivers to catch the football when they actually get open and he has time to throw. They can't run. Uh, Carolina, of course, made the change at head coach and at quarterback, right, and, and a running back for that matter, yep. when you talk about this team. Do you see the success of last week carrying forward in Atlanta where the Falcons are a four-point favorite? 
I don't know if you introduced Carolina properly. I think what you meant to say is the NFC South champion Carolina <laughs> Panthers. Because if they win tomorrow when the Raiders uh, take care of business against the Saints, which both are conceivable, believe it or not, the Panthers, who are just selling off players, uh, look up and they're in first place. It might only take seven or eight wins to win this division. I do like Carolina plus four. If we know anything about them, they can defend Atlanta's more of a one-dimensional team, run heavy. I think Atlanta's gotten a little inflated covering all, all six weeks, the first six weeks of the season. We saw some of their warts last week. To me, this is an ugly, grinded-out game, which we look, we've seen plenty of those this year in the NFL where underdogs are doing well, uh, unders are doing well. To me, this is like a 20-17 to 17 type of game. I'll take the points here with the Panthers. I think they play pretty good defense, and you, know, you could do this with pretty much any team. But if you really dissect their losses, it took a kind of a miracle kick for the Browns to beat them. It was a coin toss game against the Giants. Now the Giants, you look up, they're six and one. They've had a few of these games go the other way. So maybe they're not as bad as the perception seems. I will take the points here with Carolina. Yeah, I kind of like that too, Will. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it later. But uh, Carolina, when they played uh, teams that, you know, a similar type competition, they've stayed in these games and won a lot of these games. So we'll see. Um I'm curious to see what you want, uh, what you like on the 49ers Rams. You know, this line opened up maybe about two in favor of the 49ers. Debo Samuel now out. Some other injuries on um, the 49ers defensive side. They're going to be missing a few other players as well. Uh, we're now down to, geez, pick. And then also one for the 49ers, one for the Rams, depending where you look. Total of 42, 41 and a half. What do you like here? I do like the 49ers. I would like a little bit better of an injury report. Like you said, they're missing Debo. They're missing a couple guys on defense. But that's why I think this is under a field goal. Because if you look, I mean, look, it's well documented. McVay and Shanahan, it's gone the way of Shanahan. I believe it's 9-2 and two against the spread in favor of Shanahan. And the two losses against the spread were, I think it was 2018, like C.J. Beathard was playing quarterback for the 49ers. <laughs> Shanahan has dominated McVay. There's a weird rock, paper, scissors thing in the NFC West where the 49ers own the Rams. The Rams own the Cardinals, yes. I think. Seahawks do well against uh, against the Seahawks or the Seahawks do well against the Rams. It's just a weird sort of rock, paper, scissors deal where, you know, team A owns team B, team B owns team C. It's, it's been profitable, though. It, it really holds true to form. And I just think, look, football boils down to the line of scrimmage. San Francisco is just much better across both lines of scrimmage. The Rams can't run the ball. The Rams can't protect. Their offensive line is an absolute shambles. And the key to playing Stafford is being able to get pressure without blitzing. So. I think San Francisco can do that. I think they can just rush forward and be able to bother Stafford. And it's really an offense for the Rams. It's Cooper Cup and not a lot else. I just th think San Francisco is the much more well-rounded team. You don't have to worry about home field advantage. There's going to be plenty of red in that building tomorrow. Uh, so I like the San Francisco 49ers in this spot. Talking to Will Hill. And Will, uh, the Dolphins laying four at Detroit. Now, I, I, I like Detroit here plus the points, but I got to tell you, it's so tough sometimes as we used to say before you had the phone apps, to walk to the window and say, I want the Detroit Lions plus the points. But they were in a decent spot last week uh, against Dallas. They're within four points with less than three minutes to go in the game. I had Detroit last week, too, uh, down 10 to 6. And then, of course, you see a couple of the Dallas touchdowns in the final two-plus minutes of that game. The defense has been pretty weak. We all get that. And now the offense did kind of hit the skids lately. But you know, they've only scored, what, six points in the last eight quarters of play. But I think they're going to turn it around here, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this game also. Boy, you, uh, word for word, you kind of took took the words out of my mouth because <laughs> I had Detroit last week. I actually got a good number at seven and a half. A lot of good that did me where, like you said, they're up 10 to six. They fumble inside the one. They really matched Dallas yard for yard. They had no business not covering that game. It just right. sort of got out of hand. 
the last two minutes. To me, Miami's uh, secondary is in shambles here. Uh, Detroit moves the ball better at home, indoors. We know golf indoors is a much different player. I think this is a spot where he'll be more comfortable. And look, Miami hasn't really been impressive either. I mean, you take away that Baltimore game where they went crazy scoring in the fourth quarter. A lot of their point totals are 19, 20, 16 last week where they got shut out in the second half against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I don't know what was going on. If Tua was throwing, you know, curveballs or changeups, but they dropped three or four interceptions. So <laughs> to me, this is a lot of points at home. And, uh, boy, we talk about it every week. I'm just not in a position in this league to be laying over a field goal with anybody. These games are just so random that that three and a half really looks appetizing. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Detroit's going to finally have all their offensive guys back right. that they haven't had yeah, since really point. week three. So um, I'm, I'm real curious to see what they can do uh, at home as well. And I like Jamal Williams as a running back. Yeah, he, He's yeah. a really good running back. He just needs a little bit of help from everybody around him sometimes. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the, the Dolphins' secondary is in shambles right now. Xavier Howard didn't make the trip mm-hmm. uh, because of a funeral. I think he's coming tomorrow, but he's still questionable too, so um, we'll see. Uh, hey, Will, let's talk uh, Vikings-Cardinals here. Um the Vikings are five and one on the year. I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors with this team. Uh, to me, they're actually below average offensively and defensively. You know, based on where I set my metrics. Cardinals, we know they've had a lot of problems, but man, uh, Hopkins comes back last week. I think he averaged three point three five yards per route run. Uh, looked very good. Caught like ten passes. What do you like in this game? Yeah, you hit on a lot of key points. The Vikings, you look at the record, you say, oh, this is a hell of a team at 5-1, and one, but you dig a little deeper. They've been outgained in terms of yards per play. I think it's 5.3 on offense, 6 yards per play allowed on defense, and they've allowed 7.9 yards per pass. That's the worst in the league. They really struggle uh, defending the pass, and that's come against some weak schedules. I mean, their wins are not impressive. It's Lions, Bears, you know, Miami second and third string quarterbacks. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's really been the Saints backups in London and, and all these games they've needed to come from behind in the fourth quarter, sort of pull it out of the fire. So to lay three and a half to me, I think is way too much. We know the Vikings, their MO play close games every single week. And Hopkins makes all the difference in the world for Arizona. I mean, I think it's nine and two. The Cardinals are uh, with Murray and Hopkins, I think three and seven without Hopkins. So uh, I think they'll have a hard time, the Vikings, will covering these Cardinal receivers. Remember, they add Robbie Anderson, too. They get Hopkins back. To me, this is like a 27-24, last team with the ball kind of game. I can't lay three and a half here. I do like the points here with Arizona against the Minnesota team that's just inflated by their record. we got a couple of plays in common, Will, and I wanted to go back to the Niners, and I wanted to go back to the Panthers, who, of course, take on the Falcons real quick. I'm feeling pretty confident in your Panthers play, maybe more confident than I am in the Niners play, because we all know now what the problem was in Carolina and what the problem could be in San Francisco. It's obviously Christian McCaffrey. I mean, my gosh, you know, they can't win when he's in Carolina. San Francisco comes out and has one of the worst halves we've seen in them for quite some time. Got to be Christian McCaffrey, but I'm just kidding. But I think Christian McCaffrey will get back into the mix a little bit. We're going to see him used a little bit more often as the featured back. Uh, I thought they used him a little bit more last week than, than he was going to originally. I figured he would be just a red zone back, but, uh, Listen, Will, it's good to have you. Uh, Best of luck with your plays this week. Hope all is going well in college football. And on the basis for you, you can follow Will Hill at the Will Hill. And again, let's uh, put him in the win column on Sunday, Will. All right, boys. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you guys. Always good to talk to Will Hill. man. He's been a mainstay since I've been here, at least, and probably beyond that before I got here. Uh, But again, always good to have Will Hill as part of the show. And he'll be, of course, back with us next week as he is. Each and every week, as you know, Matt Human's not here. He'll be back week next week, too. But coming up in just a few, we're going to talk to pro better Paul Bobey. Stick around for some NFL prop betting. We'll see you then.
This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only 99 bucks. You can sign up now, get VSIN Pro Access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, pro tips with actionable insights uh, to up your betting game. You can get deep dive daily betting reports on the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball playoffs, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself that edge. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's vsin.com slash subscribe and i i've got that i've got the football i've got the basketball and i've had it for a couple of years and i always get it guys do a great job yes and i'm not saying that just because i'm sitting in the host chair for matt humans <laughs> who by the way if you haven't tuned in already uh he's out this week he'll be back in the host chair next week he's scott kellen next to me i'm scott spritzer and we've got a whole lot to talk about several nfl games that we're going to break down over the next hour and a half and we also have uh professional better paul bovey joining us at the top of the next hour the cool thing about Bovey, when I first met him a decade ago, he was really into the NBA, and he did a great job. He had some nice uh, systems and, and betting uh, style to fit the NBA, and he was constantly winning more than he was losing, which isn't easy to do in this business. Uh, but he's been a lot of NFL, very focused on the NFL over the past couple of years, and we'll talk to him not only about a couple of games that he's played, but also some interesting betting props that I can't wait to talk to Paul about. But uh Anyway, let's get to it. we got three NFL games we're going to talk about over the next few minutes. The first one is Carolina at Atlanta. We kind of talked with Will Hill about this game. The Falcons laying four in this one, the total 41. And, Scott, the Panthers uh, do have the new head coach. They've got the new quarterback in P.J. Walker taking over for uh, Baker Mayfield. Christian McCaffrey now out here playing on the West Coast for San Francisco. Uh, they did slam the door on Tampa Bay, their ground game last week. They, yes. I mean, but Tampa Bay is losing to everybody and not able to run against anybody. Uh, meanwhile, the Falcons at home this week, they got hammered by Cincy. They were outgained by 323 yards in that 35-17 to loss. Can Carolina make it two in a row as far as you're concerned? I think they have a chance here. Uh, I think this thing sets up pretty well for them, Scott. Uh, kind of surprisingly, Carolina is uh, about the 12th best team in the league and just limiting pressure on them. Okay. Uh, and so P.J. Walker has a chance to have time because Atlanta last in the league and generating pressure. So if P.J. Walker can go back and throw the ball a little bit, uh, that's good. And, you know, the, the Carolina passing offense has not been good. I rate them at uh, .8 yards below average. But now they're going to face a Falcons pass defense that's about .9 yards below average. So Carolina has a chance to come in this game and just be average offensively throwing the ball, and that might be enough to stay in this game. And then you add Atlanta lost Casey Hayward a couple of weeks ago. Right. He was having a really good year for him. They lose A.J. Terrell last week. Uh, Terrell has been a good cornerback for him. He hasn't been as good this year. A, it's a body, and it's still a pretty quality player. So they're they're fairly decimated in the secondary there. Um, and the, the last thing, I kind of pointed it out when Will Hill was on there, go back since Matt Rule came, and obviously he's not there anymore, but um, when Carolina has played uh, a team with um, that's been fairly priced when – on the road, they're three and one straight up and four and zero against the spread uh, when they're facing teams that finish the season under 500. Now I don't know where Atlanta's going to finish this year, sure. but I don't think anyone thinks Atlanta's going to be like eight games over 500 or anything. So they're they're playing a team here that uh, historically over the last couple of years uh, they've stayed competitive against. 
I made this game closer to a pick em. The, the The one negative for me in Carolina is they're in a really bad situation coming off a double-digit dog win, mm. and typically those teams going on the road uh, have not performed well. So they are in a little bit of a, a negative spot from that standpoint, but Atlanta with a bad defense lane points, uh, you know, that's just usually not a good recipe. I think it's a decent matchup for Carolina to stay in this game. I thought the point spread was a little bit too high myself. I, I really thought three um, would keep me off the game. If it got over three, then I would potentially grab the points and have, as you just said, it's sitting at four. But you know what I liked out of P.J. Walker last week, Scott, was he played the game within the context of what that team wants to do with the coaching staff preaches from the head coach to the offensive coordinator. And he didn't, he never looked like, at least to me, I didn't watch it completely start right. to finish, but I saw a lot of plays on offense. He never looked like he hit that button where all of a sudden he's trying to force something. Yes. And the worst problem about Baker Mayfield has been that he seems to get anxious to make that big play. Yep. And he doesn't let the game come to him rather the other way around. Yes. And what we saw out of PGA Walker was a quarterback who said, okay, here's what my game plan is. Here's what I've got to do to put ourselves in a position, best position to win this football game. Just don't go out there and make mistakes. So he goes 16 of 22 against Tampa, 177 yards, couple of touchdowns, no picks through the air. And making that possible also, of course, was Dante Freeman, who had a great game last yes. week. He's now going to be the featured back because they've got the injury uh, to Hubbard, Carolina. So this is going to be fun. I saw him last week. He gained 118 yards, like eight yards per pop. Yep. He had a 60-yarder. He had yep. like a 20- or 30-yarder in the mix. He's a big guy, man. He's a big guy who also has some wheels. When you talk about Freeman, by big, I mean strong. He could bust through tackles or he could avoid them. So I'm really looking forward to that. Then wide receiver DJ Moore also had a big game. Uh, he found a lot of separation, I thought, uh, from that Tampa Bay secondary, was able to do some damage. I know Atlanta's solid against the run. But if Carolina could get that ground game going, I think they are the right side of this one. Yeah, and we know Atlanta wants to run the ball. I think I saw a stat or heard a stat today where Atlanta's only thrown like 27 times last two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. um, but Carolina's been decent against the run, too. Sure. Now, it's a little bit of a different run game. You got Mariota and doing his thing. But um, but I just think this is a pretty good game just from a matchup standpoint. If P.J. Walker, like you said, if he can just play within himself, um, I think they've got a chance to stay in this game and possibly win it. Our preview show a couple of months ago, Matt Humans and I, I think, did a three-hour show on why we like the Eagles and why we like this team to represent the NFC at the end of the year. Uh, they've done us no wrong thus far. And I'll give you some stats, though, that scare me a little bit about Philly moving forward. Uh, pretty big favorite here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and, you know, there's no guarantee that this is going to happen this year, but I think there's a little bit of regression potentially, potentially coming uh, for Philadelphia here. They're plus 12 in turnovers. Right. Obviously, if they can keep doing that, you know they're going to keep having success. And they could they could do that in this game because Kenny Pickett has a 5.5% interception rate, uh, which is really high. That'll probably come down some. But uh, but Philly's got a chance here to, to really take advantage from that standpoint. But you just, when I look at this offensively, uh, in terms of how many yards per play Philly gains versus the competition they've faced, they've actually been kind of average on offense from that standpoint. Defense has been lights out. Very, very, very good. Um, and, you know, when when Philly has played a couple of good defenses this year or average defenses, and right now I put Pittsburgh probably at an average defense, they've scored 20, 24 points. They scored 26 against the Cowboys, but 13 of those came in really favorable situations where either turnovers or the Cowboys didn't get it on fourth down inside their own territory. So if, uh, and they scored 20 at Arizona, which is an average defense. So, um, you know, they're going to meet a little bit of a match here from a Pittsburgh defensive standpoint. Um, the problem for the Steelers is they just can't score points. Right. 
They've scored over 20 once and, and, you know, 23 in week one, but seven came on a pick six. So can Pittsburgh score enough points? You know, I don't know. I, I kind of lean a little bit under in this game. It's not quite high enough total-wise for me to play it, but I, I would probably lean under in this game. Yeah, I, I didn't make, I didn't play this game. I'm not going to play it before kickoff unless something crazy breaking happens yep. on Sunday morning. Uh, but the Eagles are a 10.5-point favorite. That total right around 43. Okay, here's the caveat if you're looking to back the Eagles. Here's the scary part of it because we've always just talked about how much we love the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate using that word. I've never loved a bet I've ever made. I might like a bet. I've never loved a bet. Uh, but anyway, here's some thoughts about Philly moving forward. Uh, they've just really suffered after halftime on the offensive side of the football, whether it be by design to slow down things right. a little bit and speed up the game, so to speak, right. the game clock or not. But they were up 24-14 at the half against Detroit. Uh, they were up 38-21 in that game in the third quarter. They win by three, 38-35. They were up 24-7 at the half against Minnesota. Neither team scored in the second half. They're up 24 to nothing at the half against Washington. Final score 24 to 8. Philly doesn't score again. 20 to 14 at the half against Jacksonville. They outscored the Jags 9-7. That was it in the second half. 14 points in the first half against Arizona. A pair of field goals after halftime. And then against Dallas, they're up 20 to nothing late in the game, or late in the first half. They go to halftime up 20 to 3. With eight minutes to go in the game, it's 20 to 17. Uh, they get a late score. They end up winning 26 to 17 and cover that spread with that late score. Uh, but again, only six points scored in the second half there. So check out Philly. In the first half of their games this season, they've outscored the opposition 126 to 48. Great stuff. But in the second half this season, the Eagles have scored a grand total of 35 points while allowing 50. 50 is not bad on defense. 35 yeah. points is less than six points per second half over the course of this season from the Philadelphia Eagles. That's scary, Scott, moving forward. You know what? You know, I, I, I've noticed that. I think we've all noticed that, Scott. And what I wonder is Philly comes out with this dynamic offense with Hurts running, play action, uh, this and that. I'm just wondering if, you know, by halftime, coaches are making adjustments. They've kind of seen what Philly is throwing at them. Mm -hmm. And now they start to make adjustments. And now maybe Philly is not as successful. You know, I, I, early on I thought, okay, maybe they're just taking their foot off the gas because sure. they've got a big lead, and maybe that's part of it. But I'm also wondering if teams are kind of figuring out how to scheme them in the second half as well, and that's slowing down the offense as well. I think it's more of that, the latter, than it yeah. is of Philadelphia slowing things down a bit. You don't want to get into that habit, and all of a sudden you get no, no rut going into the postseason. Right. He's Scott Kellen. I'm Scott Spritzer. We are Sunday Bet Prep. We're going to be back in just a few minutes covering some more NFL. Stick around. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to Sunday Bet Prep. Uh, this segment brought to you by Fall Sports, who are in full swing. And Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join them each and every week for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey First, Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet and Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game. All right, Scott Kellen, we're going to talk to Paul Bovey in just a little bit, top of the hour, and uh, boy, I can't wait to jump into that segment because he's he's a heck of an investor too, by the way. He really plays the market, and I, I think that's where we started talking the most one time a few years ago was, was playing the market, and he's really kind of moved that whole idea into the sports betting world, so it'll be nice to to pick his brain a little bit and see what he's looking at on Sunday's card, including I, he told me a couple of big props. I've been on with him a couple times with Matt where he's come on with the props, and he's great and yeah. uh, knows his stuff. Definitely. Very smart guy, no doubt Absolutely. about it. And, Absolutely. Uh, international yeah, flavor yeah, because he's yeah. not in the, in, in the continental United States right now. And Anyway, that'll be fun. Uh, Broncos and Jags, they're going to kick off this segment. Uh, the Jaguars laying two and a half, the total 40 and a half, and that game's going to be getting underway in oh, about, what, 10 hours? A little over 10 hours from yep. now. And uh, you look at the Jags, a short favorite in this one. And at first I was thinking I was going to lay it with Jacksonville. And then I thought, you know, the more I jumped into it over the course of the week, 
the less I liked Jacksonville. Yep. And the more I started to lean towards Denver. But I got to tell you, Scott, and Matt makes fun of me all the time on the show because I've done my best, okay, sometimes tongue-in-cheek, and defending none other than Russell Wilson. Listen, this guy was my favorite college quarterback when he was at Wisconsin, your me old too. stomping grounds. Yeah. You know? And even before that, when he was at NC State. Heck of a baseball player, too. Yes, yes. Uh, and then he goes in, uh, to Seattle, and he you know, hooks up with Pete Carroll as the head coach. And, and I was a huge fan through most of his years as the starting quarterback in Seattle. Now, obviously, his skills aren't what they used to be. He can't pull it down and take off with it like he used to be with the same kind of quickness or the fact that he can get away from defenders by making smart reads, pulling it down when he has to, and gaining yardage rather than getting sacked. We know the skill set is not what it was. I can't defend him any longer, Scott Kellett, after what he said about what he did at the airplane ride <laughs> over to London. And I was going to bring the soundbite. I thought, no, it's been played enough, and, and I feel a little bit embarrassed for the guy. The knee highs or whatever you call them that he said he was doing for three or four hours on the airplane. Listen, if a fellow player and I'm on that plane is doing that and I'm trying to sleep, I'm smacking him in the back of the head. <laughs> it was just a weird, weird soundbite, a weird presser by Russell Wilson after he landed in London. Having said all of that, I still lean towards the Denver Broncos in this football game. Uh, I do as well, and I actually played it in a teaser. I feel a little bit safer from there that standpoint, go. teasing them up to eight and a half. And, and um, you know, the, the one caveat, I guess, here is we don't know what we're going to get from Wilson. We don't know, I mean, uh, could he be out, you know, after, sure. you know, three drives or something because he re-injures re himself or whatever. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a little bit of a question mark there, but... I just I think this defense is gonna. First of all, there's probably some regression coming in this Denver defense. They've they've just been lights out, and uh, they're now playing a team in Jacksonville that to me is a little bit below average defensively. And um, you know when Denver has played bad defensive teams this year, Seattle, Vegas, the Chargers, who um, uh, or I should say these teams that are good on offense, they've given up 17. They did give up 32 to Vegas. Gave up 19 to the Chargers. And Jackson is a little bit above average, I think, offensively. Uh, but I just don't see Denver giving up a ton of points uh, there. And uh, I think Denver, you know, they've been able to score, ironically, against the four bad defensive teams they've played this year. They've scored 16 three times uh, and a little bit more than that in the, in the fourth game. So from a teaser standpoint, if they can get the 16, 17 points, I just I don't see Jacksonville being able to score much more than that sure. to, to to ruin the teaser for me. I just I just think this defense for Denver is too good to at least contain Jacksonville a little bit, and I think Jacksonville's defense is just bad enough for Denver to be able to just do something scoring. And, you know they're they've averaged six point eight yards of play against a couple of the bad defenses they played, so they've moved the ball. Their problem is they get in the red zone and they just cannot score. And there's got to be some regression coming from that, positive regression, I would think, at some point as well. And maybe it happens tomorrow against Jacksonville. You look what they've done. I mean, they're 2-5 and five straight up. They're 14 points at a pair of overtime losses from a 6-1 and one record, Yes, the Denver Broncos, which is crazy when you think about how poorly this offense has played at times, as you mentioned, in the red zone, not being able to punch the ball into the end zone. I mean, can you imagine if they had just a little bit of consistency from that offense? I mean, they could literally be 5-2. and two or 6-1, and one, and we'd have different thoughts about Russell Wilson oh. and Nathaniel Hackett, who, by the way, I mean, everybody's on Nathaniel Hackett's back right now. If he doesn't win this game, they might leave him across the pond. He might not be <laughs> on the flight home, or he might be swimming his way back across the Atlantic. And you look at the Jags, uh, they're now 0-6 straight up and against the spread the last six times as chalk. So I, I think you got a real nice first half of a teaser play here. 
And I'm also looking at the under 40 and a half in that game too. And and he mentioned there could be some regression eventually out of the Broncos defense, but I don't think it's going to happen in this particular game. Uh, The Bears and the Cowboys doing battle in the Big D where Dallas is laying 10, 42 and a half on that total. I like Dallas in this spot. It's a big number. NFL double-digit spreads have been a nice cover over the past couple of years, past few years. And uh, they're not as like, oh my gosh, it's a double-digit point spread. I got to take the dog or stay away from the game uh, like it used to be, Scott. But the one thing Chicago can offer is that uh, strong running game, which is averaging about 181 yards uh, per contest. And if they do that over the course of the rest of the season, which you don't think they would, they would have the fifth best number as far as yards rushing per game in the last 40 years in the NFL. And they do it without a passing game to keep defenses honest. Yeah, and they, they can't protect the quarterback when right. they do pass, yeah. right? I mean, you know, they're running, give or take, 65% of the time. To me, the question in this game, Scott, is what we saw last week where there was more design runs for Justin Fields. Is that kind of the start of, you know, just sure. building on that? And, you know, they're they're fairly difficult to stop, as we saw that last week. Uh, now, Dallas did, I think, do a very, you know, they limited Philly um, to 3.9 yards of play, I think, in that game right. with Jalen Hurts and whatnot. So, We'll see what Dallas has, you know, up their sleeve uh, for Fields. And then the question for Dallas is really, you know, we 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 sat there and said, hey, you know, their offense hasn't been great. It was Cooper Rush, and here comes Dak. And it was the first week back. I get it, but them and Detroit both averaged 5.6 yards of play last week. They weren't great offensively. Right. Uh, you know, I think it was Will Hill uh, who spoke about it. I mean, uh, Detroit probably should have covered that game. Right. And Michael Gallup doesn't look anything like he looked at it in the past. So we'll we'll see. You know. He's coming back from the injury. Maybe it takes a, a little while for him to get going, but he's averaging 0.91 yards per route run, so he's been nothing great. Um, I make the number about 12, though, here, so I show a little bit of value with Dallas in this game. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, I, you know, if if the Bears get behind and they have to throw, then I, they're definitely going to be in trouble. So it, it to me, it's just really a question, can Dallas get out in the lead with that offense? Will it improve from what we've seen so far this year. Yeah, the one thing you can do if you can have some balance on offense is you can run on Dallas. That's yes, not their yes. best, you know, yes. stat when it comes to the defensive side of the football. So if they can dink and dunk just a little bit to get Dallas to, you know, kind of have to play a more honest brand of defense rather than pinning their ears back, you know, and, and coming yes. after Justin Fields, they got a chance to keep it close. I don't think they will. I think Dallas is the play in that game. And finally, Scott, before we uh, head out for a quick timeout, I wanted to ask your thoughts on the Raiders at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Las Vegas laying about a point and a half here, the total 49 and a half. Uh, this team just not winning those tight games like they did a year ago. I mean, they're 0-4 Las Vegas in games decided by six or fewer points. The defense has been bad against the pass. There's a whole lot of stuff here that says, boy, this could be a high-scoring game. And then Big Al McMorney told us yes. uh, counterintuitive yeah. and systems and things like that. He thinks it's going to stay under that total of 49 and a half. Well, I've made the total, you know, especially with um, uh, the receivers, uh, Thomas and Landry out for New Orleans. I made the total 46 and a half. But kind of to your point, you're, you're looking at all these things that should suggest a higher scoring game. I can't get there from that standpoint. I do think from a prop standpoint, um, we New Orleans is really beat up in the secondary. Lattimore right. is really their only good secondary guy. He's going to be out again. Adobe could be out as well. Um, and I can't get there with the over. But from a prop standpoint, uh, I may play Devontae Adams over his receptions. I think it's about six and a half or so. Uh, I think he's very equivalent to a Hopkins. Hopkins had 10 catches last week. Um, so I may look to play this game that way. I favor the Raider, Raiders by about three and a half points here. This Raider defense is bad, though. And, sure. the, and you know, and so we'll, we'll see here. I mean, the Raiders gave up 
you know, a fair amount of yardage to the Broncos, who we know are, are not good offensively. Um, but I lean towards the Raiders in this game. Um, and like I said, it feels like a game that should be higher scoring, but my numbers just don't get me there. If this game ticked up to 51 points or something, which I don't think it will, I would play the under as well. Yeah, I could see that. Give me another point. Yeah. And, and it'll look to go to the under. You know, New Orleans, about their offense, they're balanced. They're eighth in both, what, run yards per game and, and receiving yards per game. And they're number six in the league in yards per point margin. That's not bad. They've scored and allowed at least 26 points in each of their last three games. You would think that comes back to the norm a little bit this week, well, but if I can get over 50, I'd play it under. Yeah, and, and, and the Raiders' problem is they're minus 10 in turnovers. They've just yes. got to – or yeah. not the Raiders, the, the Saints, Saints, sorry. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've just got to stop turning the ball over, and then they've got a chance. Follow Scott Kellen at Sixth Sense NFL. I'm Scott Spritzer. When we come back, Paul Bobie's going to jump on the show for a little bit. Still, best bets and contest plays to come from both Scots. It's Scott Square Night on Sunday Bet Prep. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can find the right designer, so you can find the right designer, so you can find the right designer, so you can find... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.